need new shoes. Hello, this is Ryan Chapman with Fix Your Funnel, and I'd like to welcome you to another inter- one in our interview series. And today I'm privileged to be talking to Dave Churchill from Embark. It, and interestingly enough, if you've noticed the trend in the past interviews, it's been with people who actually use Fix Your Funnel in some way. But Dave and I actually chatted uh, because we were talking about what they're doing, and I thought it was so interesting and compelling that I wanted to introduce that to everybody who is listening to this series. So, Dave, your company... Um, you guys do something a little bit different. You guys are all about sending email, which is nothing new, but you do it in a totally new way. Tell us a little bit about your company, Embark. Sure thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, email kind of gets a bad rap because it's, it's been around a long time and people think it's, you know, kind of old and boring. But um, in truth, uh, you know, many uh, marketers and businesses still get some of their best results from email. Um, so what we do is we basically take, uh, you know, normal email and we make it better. And we do that by uh, really using the data that's always been available for email, uh, and that's things like uh, user behavior, uh, opens, clicks, uh, unsubscribes, things like that, that data that's always been out there. And we apply algorithms and intelligence to that to uh, really help you optimize that email. Uh, And our first, the way we started was really to um, help people send email at the, really the perfect time for each individual on their list, uh, which which definitely increases uh, open and click rates and really helps with engagement. Cool. We'll go more in depth on that. But before we do, because I, I had 20 questions that came up <laughs> just as you were talking about it. It's not a new subject. We talked about this before, but I had a, a number of questions that came up in my mind as you were explaining what you guys do. How did you get here? I mean, what was your, your story? What's your, your pathway that brought you and your you have partners, right? Absolutely, yeah. You you and your partners to this point where you guys launched Embark. Yeah, so, uh, you know, my my co-founders and I, um, you know, kind of independently had different businesses before this. And um, one of the things we we kind of all noticed in common is, you know, again, as technology is moving forward, everyone was getting into, you know, social media and other technologies and and trying to use those. Um, But at the end of the day, when you look at what those technologies do, they wind up sending more email than anyone else, right? So, like, you've got Facebook, which is has mobile apps and, and web apps and all kinds of things, but people still get a lot of email from Facebook, and that's how they keep people engaged. So it's just something we kind of noticed as a as kind of a gap in the market as far as, um, you know, we, in our different businesses and projects, we have been working on some of these other technologies like social, but um, but it kept coming back to that, that email as, as the sort of bottom line that everyone wound up with. That was kind of interesting. Well, so there's been like this change, especially I'd say in the last year and a half with email in terms of the way people are consuming it, right? So since the smartphone came out, that's been a a huge change as well because people have their phones with them. And so they're they're checking things more frequently in in some ways, right? But then you also have this, the desktop interface that's changed quite a bit. And for a lot of people have like stuff like uh, Gmail, Gmail totally changed the way that emails presented to people. And from what I hear, they just launched something new called Inbox. I guess it's like a, a beta right now, but you know they're looking to change email again if they can have their way about it. What is the impact on the the marketer, the business owner who's trying to promote their business or service through email? 
Yeah, so th there's a few things that have happened, and you, and you touched on some of them. Um, so first, you know, obviously mobile was was a big big sea change as far as uh, people's behavior shifting from you know only checking email on a on a desktop computer to um, you know first it was just a handful, and now it's you know really the vast majority. We're I think we're over fifty percent now um, use you know you know use mobile to to check their email as kind of their primary interface. So that's that's a big shift, um, and then certainly. You know, uh, Gmail becoming a bigger and bigger player has had a big impact, uh, not just in terms of um, you know the number of people using it, but the, the things they've been doing to try to improve the user experience of of email. Um, obviously, uh, things like the uh, promotions tab that that made a, a lot of ripples, uh, you know, this year. So those types of things have made it really a little bit more difficult uh, for marketers. Um, but actually, um, in, in many ways, if you if you do a good job with email, it, it actually benefits you. Um, because email's been incredibly noisy, obviously, over the last uh, few years and getting more so. Um, so first we solved kind of the spam problem. So now people aren't getting as many spam emails, but uh, now there's a second problem. It's just a volume problem. Right. So people, people are still getting a tremendous amount of promotional emails. They, in theory, they want them, but really being able to kind of filter them out to just the things that they're really interested in right now is, is the new challenge, I think, for marketers. So, yeah, we have this information overload issue that we have to deal with because we want our message to get through, but so do 100 other people vying for the attention of that same marketer. So essentially, we're all on the same plane. You know, I, what I've noticed a lot in terms of, you know, attending marketing conferences and then watching people respond to what they learn at those conferences, you'll have somebody get up there that they that has at least the position of being an expert. And they'll say the best time to send email is at 6 a.m. Eastern, you know, or between six and nine. Or they're going to say it's in the afternoon. It's at two to four or whatever. And basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to take everybody and lump them into this one pattern of, of behavior and say, that's how everybody is, do that. And then all of a sudden you'll, what you'll see in the market is everybody sending their emails at the same time, you know? So now they're all sending them at, you know, 3 a.m. Then they're sending them at 6 a.m. It's whatever the latest guru has said, this is the best time because nobody has enough ability to be able to really process all the data and then make some intelligent decisions off of it. So they got to go off of whatever they hear from the latest guru or the latest person to say something so that people will listen. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, and you know, the, the data is there. Um, it's just, that, like you said, I mean, it, it's, there's a lot of it. And especially if you have a larger list, you know, uh, 100,000, a million uh, users, when you do those types of sins, uh, you know, really processing all of that data on a daily basis and, and figuring out what's true for you is, is just overwhelming for most businesses. That's so, kind of where we come in. Yeah, that's where Embark comes in. This is why I wanted to introduce everybody to you that may not be aware of you guys. Um, you guys specifically work with Infusionsoft. You work with some other platforms as well, but you guys have, have introduced your technology into the Infusionsoft realm. Talk a little bit about what you guys are doing for Infusionsoft users and why this changes the dynamics of email. I mean, you alluded to it at the beginning, but let's go a little bit more in depth in that because I think that's very useful for people to understand how they can be using email more effectively without having to change the fact that they're using email. Right. Um, so, you know, we were just touching on it earlier. It, you know, email is getting so noisy now and, and everyone's sending at the same time. 
that really you're, you're fighting this kind of losing battle to, to keep engaged with your customers. So, I mean, the key to all of this, and, and this is separately from what we do in general, but the key is, is really uh, being able to personalize and individualize the emails you're sending so that they're the most engaging as they could possibly be. And so one dimension of that is certainly the time you send. Um, so that's, that's where we started our focus. And, you know, the time element is really, um, you know, if you, if you take some of the, you know, the guru statements you mentioned, if someone says, oh, you should send at 6 a.m. On a, on a Tuesday, let's say, well, consider that, right? So you've got, you've got business people uh, on the East Coast versus, you know, someone in Australia. You've got students. You've got, you know, you've got, uh, you know, maybe uh, stay-at-home moms who, you know, are really busy all day and, and maybe they're checking their email at 8 p.m. So you've got all these different individuals on your list. So it, you know, just on the face of it, it's going to be suboptimal if you try to lump them all together and send it one time. It's just not going to be the best for everyone. So what we're doing is is basically acknowledging that and saying, you know, instead of trying to pick the one best time, let's actually figure out what the best time for each person on your list is. You know, and and we do that. The signal that's always, again, it's always been there. Um, they're telling you when they're interested by opening the email at a certain time or clicking on the email. Um, and so that's, and they're telling you something else when they don't open, right? So, so we use both of those signals to kind of zero in for each person, you know, when they're actually engaged with, with your email, not necessarily someone else's, but actually the emails that you're sending. So this isn't for your immediate stuff. So somebody fills out a form, you're immediately going to send that email just right at that moment. But all of your nurture campaigns where you're sending email after the, the point of immediate contact, this is where we're really optimizing. That's exactly right. And and if you're you know if you're doing more of a, a broadcast style, as long as they're existing you know existing subscribers to your list, our technology works for that. Um, but it works really well uh, for nurture campaigns also, where you're going to send a series of you know four or five or a hundred emails over time. Um, and you know the more you send, the smarter our algorithm you know can be about uh, figuring out the best pattern for each person. So. Now, this increases, the, the idea or the theory is that this is going to increase your open rates, um, your reads, hopefully, and as a result, your, your actual interaction with your emails and whatever that benefit is to you, whether it's conversions, uh, interaction with your media, building your relationship with the people in some way, preparing them for a different sales opportunity, whatever the case may be, they're going to be seeing this email and be more inclined to open it because it's happening to show up at just the right time. That's exactly right. And, you know, what we've seen with, um, and, you know, just to give you a sense of the numbers, you know, we've, we've processed over a billion emails um, and, and seen, you know, over 100 million unique, you know, people or profiles in that. So what we've seen overall of that data is um, you can actually get a pretty significant lift. And again, it, it depends on what business you're in and, and if you're sending good email or bad email. But um, for, for our better senders, um, sending good email that, that people are interested in, you know, we've seen up to 20% improvements in their, in their engagement, which is, which for an email marketer is, is pretty uh, substantial. So, and when, when I was sending a lot more email, we had, we knew all of our numbers on that email. We don't do it as much with fix your funnel because we have a different approach that we're taking with that, but we're also a much smaller demographic. But when we were going for a larger audience with our other company that we had, and we were sending a bunch of email, um, we knew our numbers. We knew if we, okay, we send these three emails at this time, we're going to get this many people to register, this many people to show up, 
you know, this many people will buy. So all of those, those later factors were a matter of, do they see the email? And if I could get a 20% lift there, that, that translated all the way down to 20% increase in revenue. And it could have been even more because maybe I, were, I was missing the highest quality people because I was sending at the wrong time. Right. So it's not even necessarily a linear uh, result. It could be better than that because maybe now we're finally catching the right people because not every customer is created equal. That's right. And, and to kind of go further with that, I mean, certainly with nurture campaigns, if you're, if you kind of think about that over, uh, you know, 60 days or, or 120 days where someone's getting this whole series from you, if they're just a little bit more engaged, you know, they, they might be much more likely to, you know, kind of get it to do something bigger in your funnel, you know, sign up for a, a webinar or, you know, or buy some sort of uh, membership package or something like that. Yeah, so. and that's where I think some people can get lost in all the numbers is they can say, well, I'm sending out this many emails. And it's not about how many emails you send, it's about how many are read. So that's the, that's the big difference. If you can just be tweaking the delivery time enough where you can get that thing read, that's a big deal. Do you, do you see a, a reduction in unsubscribes as a result of people using your thing, or is it just a result of or uh, increase in engagement? I think we mostly just see an increase in engagement. You know, the, the unsubscribes, we haven't seen any really substantial difference one way or the other. So, uh -huh. um, but again, you, you know, you kind of, the goal with all of email marketing is you, you actually want to send emails that people want, right? So um, as long as people are doing that, I think, um, you know, then what we, we're just adding, you know, a little special sauce to, to help that engagement level. Um, but it, it definitely starts with good content uh, sent to the right people. So, and that's when you guys are seeing this lift, it's when you already have something that's, that's working and then you add this, that you see that kind of lift. If you had bad email in the first place, getting it to show up at the right time isn't going to make that big of a difference. Exactly. Well, that's amazing. So how do people, and I, sorry if you guys feel like this is shameless promotion, but I'm not really getting anything out of it uh, financially. I just think this is a benefit for you guys. How do people get started with Embark? How, do, how can they learn more about Embark? Um, so we're, um, if they're an Infusionsoft uh, user, we're in the Infusionsoft marketplace. So you can just uh, search for Embark. That's probably the simplest way. Uh, Embark is, a, is an E on the end of that. <laughs> so E-M-B-A-R-K-E. Yeah. E -E. Exactly. And that's E-M-B-A-R-K-E.com is your website. That's our website. And you guys yeah. have multiple providers, that email senders that you guys work with and there. That's right. Yeah, we work with companies like uh, SendGrid and Exact Target and some others. Um, but um, but yeah, Infusionsoft is, uh, is something we we uh, got got that going uh, about three months ago. So that's been um, that's been kind of one of the newer integrations we've done, and we've seen some good good results for Infusionsoft customers so far. Um, just to, to kind of branch off slightly, because you guys do so much with email, do you see a difference when we have like a responsive formatted email versus your HTML email that's made for a desktop? Because there is a difference in terms of appearance in the smartphone. Yeah, no, it actually makes a pretty big difference. And, and like I was saying, like for, for most businesses, they're now getting, you know, 50% or more, um, you know, of, of the emails they send are going to tend to get read on, on, on a mobile device of some kind. So responsive, you know, being able to send responsive emails is, is becoming a really big deal, um, just in the sense that your engagement will be much lower if, if your emails are, you know, difficult or, or impossible to read on a, 
you know, on a smartphone or that that sort of thing. So, so this is a question. I hate to put you on the spot because this could put you on the spot, but how how do you deal with that with Infusionsoft? Because their editor really isn't made to create responsive emails. It's very rigid. You know what I mean? So, I mean, my personal approach is I'll go ahead and, and shrink the width of it down to like 400 pixels just so that, you know, it's not this huge white email with tiny text. You know, those are things that I try and do to make it better for smartphones. But what are you guys recommending or, or doing with clients to help get that responsive element in, in terms of making it easier to read on the smartphone? Yeah, actually, one one simple thing anyone can do really to, to have a more responsive email is is to go to a more of a, a text only email, and and I don't mean you know not not to use HTML necessarily, just um, you know less reliance on images and you know sort of fancy layouts. Um, you can go, you can actually get a long way with just sort of um, you know friendly looking uh, simple HTML emails that just use you know a little bit of formatting, but but aren't uh, these sort of fixed width, uh, image heavy. Um, kind of newsletter format things. Okay, so, so you've seen that makes it that makes a difference in terms of that makes a difference because they're easy to read on mobile. You know, it's a and you want to keep your message short on mobile anyway. So um, you know, honestly, the, the sort of uh, traditional newsletter styled email it just I mean that's not really going to work very well on mobile anyway. Even if it you know even if it's sort of responsive and formatted correctly. It's probably just too much there. So you guys have seen a lot of emails. You've seen things that work, things that don't. Let's talk a little bit about that. I know this isn't like you guys' primary focus. You guys are really about getting it to show up at the right time. But I have to imagine you guys have developed some expertise and, and knowledge on what kind of emails are working and which, which ones aren't. You mentioned that the shorter email, are you guys noticing that the shorter email is working over the longer email? And if so, what are some of the characteristics that make that work? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, and this obviously depends on on what sort of business you're in. You know, if you're if you're selling shoes, you probably need a picture of the shoes somewhere in your email. That's that's kind of a different thing. But but for um, you know, we work with a lot of people who are more in in what I'd call you know information marketing or sure. you know or, di or digital marketers. So um, you know, they're they're trying to engage their users. So what seems to work well, the the, the thing I've seen uh, you know over the emails that we've we've sort of analyzed. Are you know obviously the compelling subject line that's that's pretty specific and you know and obviously targeted to to their demographic uh, that that's a good starting place right just to get opened in the first place yeah and then in the content it's you know something um, it depends on what you want them to do but if you want them to go to your website and take an action then usually being very clear about that and and uh, and giving them some reason to do it right some some sort of um, Incentive or, or reason to do it. Those types of emails seem to be the most effective that we've seen, um, and the ones that are are less effective have you know sort of these sort of vague uh, headlines that really don't have anything in it for the for the end user. They're just sort of like, hey, here's my you know July newsletter. Okay, that's nice, but why should I open your July newsletter, right? So yeah, um, so that's those those tend to be a little bit less effective. But I'd point out on that too, you know, one of the principles of marketing is nobody has the same priorities that you do as the, the person marketing, right? So if we're ever assuming, oh yeah, if I send them this, they're gonna read it, then we're already like five steps behind where we need to be. We have to assume that nobody wants to read what you're sending them. So you have to work at that. You have to work at why should they open it up? And you gotta be honest about it too. If, if you're tricking people, I've noticed that tends to backfire. It doesn't tend to produce long-term results. So 
my my experience with subject lines is if you really want it to work and sometimes I'll be honest, I'll kick out stuff quickly because I'm in a hurry to get a campaign out and I'm I'll break the rules. But when I'm really thinking about it, what I'll do is I'll think about well, why would this person want to open it like you're alluding to and be very specific to what would be interesting from their perspective, not your perspective, because what you want, and what you think doesn't matter as the marketer. What really matters is the person who's receiving it. Why would they want to open it? And going back to another point you said, getting a tight demographic that matches up with the message you're trying to send is just as critical as the words you use and the brevity or the, the clarity, the, the specific call to action. Anything else that you've noticed in, in the emails that makes a difference? Um, I think, you know, we, we were talking about length before. So especially in the mobile world, I mean, obviously, you know, having a responsive email is, is better than not when you're sending to mobile. But like I was saying before, that that's not as important as if you're sending sort of really targeted, uh, you know, focused emails that, that aren't super lengthy and don't, aren't really heavy, you know. So if someone can open your email, think about, think about this. So if you're just sending email to uh, a business associate or a friend, those are always, you can always read them on your mobile device, right? No one struggles with that. Yeah. So I, you know, that's kind of how I think of it for when you're trying to engage and have a relationship with your customer, you know, why not try the same thing? Like that's, to me, that's, that's sort of a, an easy place to start for people. And if you need to do more, you can, but um, that's, that's always worth testing just to see if, you know, a basic email, um, just like you would send to a, a friend or a business associate. No, um, no pretty header with your branding on it. Exactly. All that. So let's get a little nitty gritty. When it comes to Infusionsoft, which editor are we using? Are we just using the traditional HTML editor that they're giving us? Because I want to do my trackable links and stuff like that in there. So, yeah. So yeah, we, uh, we, we stay out of the way. I mean, we, you know, you use your traditional, uh, your traditional editor in Infusionsoft, uh -huh. um, you know, or, you know, obviously they have a kind of a cut and paste or, you know, custom HTML option. So you can do that too. Um, and, um, you know, nothing really changes as far as, you know, how we integrate with Infusionsoft. We, you know, you do have to use their template editor versus the, uh, you know, the, the campaign builder pop-up email, but that's really the, the main difference. Um, and so all we're doing is sort of getting in the middle. So you, you post, you basically post to us, uh, we queue up the email, we use your, your template that you tell us about, and then we send it back to Infusionsoft at the right time. So all of your automation links and all the rest of that, that's all stays intact and it all works with your existing templates. So you may have to make some modifications. So you may have to go off of a tag versus a click in the email because you don't have that email in the campaign builder the same way, but it's just a few modifications like that. You get the same result in terms of what you're trying to do in campaign builder, but you're just gonna be using a post. You're gonna be using a tag that's set by the automation link as the goal versus the click in the email because campaign builders not aware of it, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, and, and what we do, um, you know, just to make it easy for people is, you know, when they sign up, we, you know, we offer them a, a free kind of implementation call to kind of walk them through uh, setting up their first campaign, that kind of thing, or anything they might need to do to convert. It's generally, you know, it, we've, we've helped people do it now uh, dozens, a few dozen times now, so it's, it's, it's generally like a 30 minutes or less kind of process for, for most people's sort of uh, campaigns, unless they're, you know, really complex. So and I just want to point out to people, this probably isn't for everybody. These are for people that have figured out what they're doing in their business and, and you've got a, a process working. Um, 
to get started with it brand new, if, if you're not even doing anything, I think, and Dave, I apologize if this kills sales or anything for you. I don't think it will, though. I think this will actually help you guys to focus on the right people. But if you're just getting started with Infusionsoft and you don't know what you're going to be doing, that's not the time to call up Embark, in my opinion. The time to call Embark is once you, you've got some idea of what you're doing. Now, you cannot build anything. Let's say you have it all in other systems and it's working and you're shifting over to Infusionsoft. That's a great time. If you already got those systems, you got your messages down, all that. Um, I, and from my perspective, Dave, when I see what Embark is doing, I see that as being a perfect layer once you've figured out what you're, what you're doing with your business. Um, just because of the layer, we're adding a layer of sophistication on top of you know, what is Infusionsoft all about. And it, for the reason I wanted to get interview you today and really get this out to people is because if you are that person, if you're that person who is, you've got your business going, you're sending your emails and you're like, hey, I want to get another edge. This is where you're going to get another edge because you're going to get your emails delivered. Now, okay, so before I go any further on that, I want to back up one step too. When we talked before, Dave, you, you indicated that you start building intelligence about when to send emails once you start sending emails. It's not like you can go back in time because of the way Infusionsoft is set up and gather data from the from the, the past. So it's kind of going forward currently as things currently are. So it's not like it wouldn't be a bad idea to start off with Embark. But I, what I'm saying here is if you don't know what you're going to be sending, you don't have messages, emails, anything like that, Add Embark once you figure out what your messaging is. That's the time to send it because then you're going to be actually sending emails that you can measure. That's my two cents. Now, Dave, you feel <laughs> you feel free to correct me on anything you felt I went off on there, but I, I think that that's where people are going to see the most value in Embark is when they're already getting something out with email, not when they're thinking about what what am I going to send out. So maybe wait till month two. Yeah, I think that's that's fair, and and you know what we. You know, to kind of dial that into, um, you know, we see that we do better. Obviously, since you know we're we're dealing with data, um, the more data we have, the better. So yeah, we, we tend to see, um, you know, our algorithm does better for after you know two or three uh, emails per person. It has a better sense of of how to operate. Um, so that's that's kind of the expectation I'd set. And then also, um, I did want to mention because we've been doing this for a while, we do have a you know we've we've have profiles on about a hundred million people. Um, or emails, I should say. So um, we don't share that across customers, but what we can do is our algorithm can leverage that data. Um, so generally, there's some bit of overlap, uh, especially in the United States, between um, you know the emails on any any given business's uh, list and, okay. and what we've already seen. So you guys create an internal profile on a per email basis, and so if somebody's on 14 different lists, they get their data, their profile gets fleshed out a lot quicker than if they're just on one. That's so, exactly right. So while you're not sharing that data out with other people, you can use that to enhance the deliverability time of your emails. That's exactly right. That's very cool. Yeah, that way you're not starting from scratch with every single person. Right. Well, th this is super neat. This has been very educational for me, uh, Dave. I hope that it has been for people that have been on the, on the call. I appreciate you making time to, to be here with us today. Um, I, one of the questions I, and you guys may notice we're kind of falling out of the, the normal pattern. I'm not asking them about fix your funnel because 
Dave doesn't use fix your funnel yet. We talked about the yet part of that. So we'll, we'll see if we, we have them back later to talk about how they're using fix your funnel. But the, the closing question I, I've asked everybody and I'll ask you as well is, what do you attribute your success and your growth to? What's that one principle that you feel has made the biggest difference in your business? Yeah, for, for me, it's pretty simple. I mean, you know, the, the secret to success in business is, uh, you know, is really being focused on, you know, giving people what they want and what they need, right? So for us, it's, it's all about starting with focusing on the customer. And, and that's really the, the beginning and the end of it. If we do that, then we're building good products. We're, we're doing, you know, we're offering great service. We're, you know, we're offering great support, all of that. So when other people, when people are happy, when our customers are happy, they tell other people about it and it's, it's just a virtuous cycle. So I think that's, that's to me, that's the fundamental. It just being really focused on, on the customer and, and, you know, really delivering for them every time. Well, very cool. I couldn't agree more. I think as we see more and more businesses change that perspective from how do I get money to how do I serve at a higher level? As long as you don't have major money issues, the money follows. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. if that focus is there, people feel that, you know, they can tell when a business is really focused on them and not on what they're going to get out of them. Right. So I'd have to agree. Well, excellent. Dave, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know Embark is growing and you guys are helping a lot of companies outside the Infusionsoft community, but we're excited to have you in the Infusionsoft community. Uh, adding your extra level of intelligence to what small businesses can be doing with Infusionsoft. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has uh, been fun.